Welcome, everyone, to Brothers in Song, the podcast so indulgent, so decadent, you won't believe it has half the calories. <laughs> How are is things that, with you, Joe? Well, is that like your inner 90s diet food commercial voice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing gonna, well. Yeah, just kind of giving a clue as to what we'll be uh, talking about <laughs> today. Yeah, um, I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, I, I'm I'm doing well. Um, we're recording on a Sunday. It's been a nice, relaxing Sunday. Put some new strings on my guitar. Hung out, you know. How often do you have to do, to do that? Depends on how much you play, I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, someone at an open mic that I went to recently said there's there's two kinds of people when it comes to guitar strings. Uh, there are people who change them every week. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who change them like every presidential election. Yeah. <laughs> I used to fall into the latter category, but now it's like, eh, you know, every every few months when I kind of notice that uh, the the sound isn't as as bright and resonant as I would like it. I go ahead and slap some new strings on. There you go. That's a perfect Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon activity. Yeah. May as well get right into it. Uh, the topic of today's show was, was your idea. So why don't you uh, kind of lead us in? So I use this term, and, and for folks who listened to our last episode, uh, I don't really like it, but I, I think it it's... Well, it's known enough to everybody that, you know, you'll, you'll get a sense of what we're trying to do tonight. But it's guilty pleasures. And when I say guilty pleasures, I don't want you to feel guilty about anything that you're listening to. But it's the stuff that maybe you listen to in your car by yourself. But if you had a friend in there, you probably wouldn't necessarily crank it all the way up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one way to think of it. And, you know, just, just things that... Uh, you know, pique your interest and, you know, I know you do, and I certainly have done this as well, where you end up going down a rabbit hole on YouTube and listening to all sorts of things, and you're just like, how did I get here? And it's like yeah. <laughs> an hour later. And uh, I would definitely say some 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 of that listing could be defined as uh, guilty pleasures. But uh, just just for a little bit of fun, you know, again, we don't want anybody to feel guilty about what they like to listen to, but... I'm curious, while we're on the topic, guilty pleasures, Dan, what what are your, like, uh, food guilty pleasures, I guess? So things you know probably aren't so great for you, but you still have uh, a craving for them once in a while. I would say that the first thing is is breakfast cereal. Yeah. (laughs) I love, like, sugary breakfast cereal. It's probably because, like, certain things were not always available Mm-hmm. in our household growing up so now i'm kind of like making up for lost times and especially if it's like any kind of like novelty uh <laughs> breakfast cereal like oh well cinnamon toast crunch made a version where they're supposed to taste like churros so i'll yeah, yeah. Get, so you get that you know or uh the frosted flakes is now making like a honey nut frosted flakes <laughs> Yeah, I gotta try that. I gotta gotta try that now. I gotta try it. Uh, My favorite at the moment is Whole Foods Mm -hmm. has some cereal there. They call them, uh, I think they call them hazelnut pillows. So 
it kind of looks like a slightly larger version of Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the texture on the on the outside of the cereal piece. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, it's basically Nutella. Oh, nice. So <laughs> so that's that's one I discovered recently. Captain Crunch used to always cut the top of my mouth because they they would put something on there that's well, like sandpaper. Yeah, well, it, it does, Joe, but I got to tell you, it hurts so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that and also kind of like novelty soda flavors and just like anything like that. I, I got to try it. Sure, sure. Well, I I um, I definitely fall for this as well. I, you know, at least in, in my household, but if you ever bring a kid to the grocery store, you know, we have probably at least two of those kind of cereals in our current cabinet. I think it's Lucky Charms and uh, Fruity Pebbles are mm-hmm. what's currently mm-hmm. the uh, taste du jour uh, for the sophisticated palates in the Cowan household. Um, but for me, like two things that I that I like can't resist. And one of them falls under the under the hurt so good category. And that's uh you know the snack chips takis have you ever had those oh yeah i, lo- I love takis yeah <laughs> only those... about five or six at a time but you know yeah and like who knows what the hell is in them because it can't be from this planet i don't know <laughs> what it is <laughs> um and i haven't i haven't yet but maybe i will next time try the uh, raz blue ones because they make those because they're like blue flame and hot <laughs> like a gas range like i don't know that's so weird i have seen those but i haven't taken the plunge yet yeah so those and then uh, the the thing i definitely have to get uh during the holiday season are the uh, little christmas tree little debbie cakes those things are magic oh yeah those are good those are good i'll keep i'll have to keep that in mind Mm -hmm. sure sure well anyway that that was a little detour and there might be a couple of those today but um since this was my choice i i am happy to get us started with the first category of guilty pleasure listening that i do from time to time and that's uh pop divas and that can be uh you know i'm thinking all the way back to whitney houston through celine dion through um people like Christina Aguilera, Pink, Kelly Clarkson, Katy Perry, all the way through. Um, And I don't know. It's just they, because they are who they are, um, they just make great pop songs. And, you know, pop songs do exactly what they're, you know, what they're supposed to do. They're popular because they make everybody feel something or get in a good mood or, you know, tap your foot and they get into your head and you really can't escape it um and you know just a couple couple of examples of things that i i i really think are fun are any of like the early 90s celine dion stuff prior to titanic those are those would rock and her voice is not so good now and i think it's just hasn't aged well and that's okay because she's pretty old but uh man when she when when those things came out she could really wail that that was certainly one. And then I have to say, this new Pink album that came out this month, man, that's good. It's called Trustfall. I don't know if you've had the the chance to listen to it yet, but that's pretty good. And I feel like she's a little underrated, and I don't really know why, except for the fact that she was kind of up and coming with Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Mandy Moore, that whole kind of generation of folks. And I don't know, every time I've heard her sing live, recorded, whatever, it still sounds pretty 
pretty great. I definitely agree with that. I think she is underrated as a singer, and I and I think it's because she's. Uh, and this is not a knock here, but she's not the kind of vocalist who does all of the, you know, acrobatics and pyrotechnics that a Whitney Houston sure. can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is very impressive, of course, but. I mean, to me, what's more impressive is a vocalist who knows how to use what they have mm-hmm. and has something distinctive about them. And I think that's perfectly describes Pink. Um, and she's like, a, to me, she's kind of a throwback a little bit. Like, she's an honest to goodness a uh, woman rock singer really mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and uh you don't you don't see a lot of that uh so but yeah i, I like pink i like pink just fine yeah well you should listen to the new one because it's pretty it's pretty good um and what i think is interesting about like this whole genre at least to me from like a vocal technique quality and of course everybody's a little bit different but it definitely reminds me a lot of um like the way that higher male singers sing mm-hmm. that technique is certainly uh used in similar ways with some of these pop divas that we mentioned where they kind of have that really strong belt but then at a certain point kind of flips over into uh you know like a a mixed a mixed sound which allows them to kind of do all the things that you need to do in a pop song and um that I think is definitely very different from certainly classical singing, but even like country singing and, um, you know, anything from like hip hop and stuff. So that always, I think was an interesting sound to me and that's maybe why I'm drawn to it. Um, but are are there any other ones that you want to mention, um, on this specific topic of songs or artists that you appreciate in the pop diva genre? Yeah, my my current favorite, and I guess she's been my favorite for a couple of years now, is Ariana Grande. Mm, yeah. um, I, I just love her tone. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like a very warm and resonant tone. Mm-hmm. And she's just so insanely capable that you, you never hear her over sing. No. Some vocalists who I think are, are good vocalists, but... I don't know, maybe they get kind of caught up in the moment or 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 get in their own heads about like trying to impress people mm-hmm. with how they're singing and, and kind of like fall into that trap. Uh like Demi Lovato, for example. Yeah. Who, yeah. who I think is a good singer, but I have heard her like over sing yeah, at times. Yeah. I don't think Ariana Grande is is capable of over singing because she can do whatever she wants. Like she just has that. Yeah. kind of an instrument um and you know she can even sing those whistle tones mm-hmm. that like mariah carey could sing sure. i think that's something innate like you can either do that or you can't like i don't know because uh, <laughs> the because that the placement of that is like not even really in your like vocal cords really no no um but uh but yeah i like her a lot um and i actually circled back to mariah carey the other day which i hadn't mm. 
really listened to to in a while and and she seems actually kind of forgotten in history a little bit um but uh i, I listened to that song we belong together yeah that's um, a good song yeah that's a, that's a good song i love how she like sings the first chorus well she sings it in like a lower octave mm-hmm. and then and it's and it's more kind of like conversational and then at the end she i think she's singing it an octave up and mm-hmm. it's more um you know she's more powerful and emotional and um yeah it's a good song good song yeah and i think you know also considering like all the stuff we know about the music industry now like you got to be pretty tough to come up as a young woman trying to make your way and trying to have a sound. And, you know, I give all those artists, you know, a tremendous amount of credit for creating what they've did, what they've done and what they continue to do because it can have been easy. And I think being a solo artist, there's just so much more pressure on you to produce all the time. And like, you can't really hide. Like if you're in a band and you have an off night, you know, maybe folks notice, maybe they don't. And then you just kind of move on to the next thing. But when it, when it's all about you, you really got to bring it, uh, every time you get on the stage. So, uh, Oh yeah, for sure. And like, you know, in preparing for this and having heard that Mariah Carey song, I was like, well, let me just kind of like browse the, the discography. Sure. Sure. And from like, 91 or 92 you know all through the 90s mm-hmm. she came out with an album every two years like clockwork yeah that's a and lot that's just so much work you know she was touring in there sure as well and yeah and and probably the pop diva of all music genres or whatever you want to call it they have to deal with the most bullshit yeah um you know from music industry people and i mean we could we could just go on and on about like just all of the just all the bullshit they have to Mm -hmm. deal with as women um and uh yeah it's just a lot of work regardless and then to have to deal with people you know talking about your body and who you're dating and this, that, and the other thing all on top of that is just a huge burden. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but that's certainly like some of the music that like, if I just want to relax and not think about anything like, and that sort of thing comes either on the, on the radio, because I believe it or not, I do still listen to pop radio Mm -hmm. 99.9 star (laughs) where we are. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I, I I can totally appreciate those things for what they are, even though, you know, I have such a formal amount of training. Um, but I, I I always like those because they definitely are. Um, those artists that, that we've mentioned, I'm sure we're forgetting some, you know, they do what they set out to do and it, and it, and it works. Uh, it works on a lot of different levels. Let's hear what some of your uh, guilty pleasures are. What do you, what do you got on your list? So the first one we're going to talk about is the genre of smooth jazz. And I'm not talking about revered 
jazz musicians like your Miles Davis, Sarah Vaughn, John Coltrane. I'm not talking yeah. about that. No, 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 no. I'm basically what I'm talking about is what people used to call uh, elevator music. Sure. Or the kind of music you used to hear in in a department store, like right, right, uh, like our favorite department store, J.C. Penney. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, our our mom worked at our local J.C. Penney for close to four decades. Yeah. And when we needed uh, after school jobs or summer jobs, we we worked there. And I mention that because I think that. That type of music that I heard, just like working in the mall all the time, may have like somehow infiltrated its way into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so you've got that. And then, you know, it's also what I'm talking about is the kind of thing that you might hear on your local adult contemporary station. You know, every community in America has one. Mm -hmm. um, and the one in our area, they used to have programming they called the smooth jazz brunch so for a few <laughs> so for a few hours on a sunday morning they would play yeah. this kind of music and i honestly just find it so relaxing um yeah I, I could totally see that i i when we were getting ready and you said that i was like okay can you send me some examples and you're like i don't know it's kind of all <laughs> it's all kind of amorphous yes it's different but it's hard to like like when you're working an eight-hour shift at a department store, like, do you even know when one song ends and another one begins and what they're even called? Of course you don't. No, 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 no. And and I still, like, when I encounter it, I don't turn it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the kind of thing that I never really dove into and had to learn all about and uh, just discover who the artists were and the history and stuff like I normally do mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but it is something that I, I genuinely enjoy. And, and I think the most impressive thing about this music mm -hmm. is that these people who are making this are highly skilled musicians mm -hmm. that are creating literal background music yeah. that most people aren't going to think about very much. Mm -hmm. So you figure, well, they don't have to go that hard, but they go hard Yeah, every time. <laughs> if you really pay attention to it, there is just so much like little like subtle, intricate, Mm -hmm. stuff going on mm -hmm. there's like cool solos with the guitar or piano or saxophone they've got like these cool bass grooves and like the drummers are doing like these subtle fills and stuff and um like people don't take it s seriously or the or, or when people hear it they don't take it seriously sure, sure but these guys are all like playing their asses off and i'm like i respect that sure sure well i I have a question for you because you you've sparked a thought in my mind. Do you consider Kenny G smooth jazz? Yeah, yeah, I think I do. I think I, think I, I do. do. I, I think he's. I think you've you've mentioned the one that's managed to become 
I mean, I don't know how many how many people younger than us like know who Kenny G is, but mm. he was a household name in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, and he sold like a ton of records, mm-hmm. albums, whatever you want to call it. And I think he caught an incredible amount of shit because like he was classically trained and then he decided to do this thing and it made him a lot of money and he toured the world and had you know legions of loyal fans and people were like oh you're such a sellout blah 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 it's like dude he's just he's just playing get off his back you know yeah i mean do you not want your favorite artists to make money i don't i don't understand that type of mentality yeah, there was a documentary a couple of years ago that I watched and I was like, oh, it's fascinating, you know, and like he like to your point, he was like, well, it sounds that way because I like painstakingly, you know, went through every note in the phrase to make it, you know, and tried all these different variations to get it to where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen by accident. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. That's one genre of music that I think if I were to like, again, to use your example, put it on in the car with my friends, they'd be like, what the hell? What are you, what? <laughs> what's going on here? What are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm not at, I'm not at Macy's. What's going on? <laughs> uh, All right. What's next, Joe? So for me, I think it's probably not going to be a, a huge shocker to any of our net listeners who know me in, in real life and certainly not to you, Dan, but musicals, man, they still bop and they're still fun. And I mean, I, and I mean, I, I think we did this together, but like growing up, I would get like obsessed with certain things, music, music wise and musicals were one of them. And then you just like listen to it on repeat till you're basically like oh i can just sing the whole album from the beginning to the end (laughs) without stopping yeah Yeah. you know you know all the words you know all the parts and you just go 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 and um you know i always think you know certainly helped me and and i think for a lot of folks who are not into opera musicals are very similar and kind of in a much lower bar for entry to get into that sort of style of of music and 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 performance and and for me you know i always go back to the classical musicals that i like um we've mentioned some of them you know rent or les mis or even some new stuff like hamilton or dear van hansen those are all fun to listen to um and you know it's just this incredible world of storytelling that I think obviously still indoors because Broadway's still still a thing and people still go see shows every year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just something I, I always kind of I always kind of come back to it. Um, so what are some of your favorite musicals? And man, there's there's a bunch. Uh, and before I get into those, I will say that even though I am a big fan of musicals and I've seen a bunch, mm-hmm. I've been in community theater musical productions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things is it's difficult for me to get into a musical 
out of context. In other words, unless I've already seen the show or been in the show, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm not like some of my friends who I've met through theater who just like, you know, they get into the latest Broadway show and they'll just like listen to the soundtrack all the time before they go and see the the musical. Like I kind of need the whole experience sure, for, sure. To, for it to work for me. But that said, um, there are plenty of, of standalone songs th- that I like, um, you know, if they're kind of have, uh, if, if they're general enough to fit more of like a, like a pop theme instead of having to be directly connected to the musical. But mm-hmm. I digress. I didn't answer your question. Um, <laughs> um, so like you, I love Les Mis. That was probably the first musical that I fell in love with. Um, I saw that on Broadway in high school, and that had a tremendous effect on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Godspell. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Producers. Mm-hmm. Um what else what else i like uh the secret garden mm-hmm. um i like spitfire grill which is kind of a lesser known one i don't know and, that one at all yeah that well that one unfortunately was a victim of kind of the whole uh broadway shut down in 2001 after 9-11 oh, okay but it's it's very cool it's it's kind of got a small cast and the music is uh, like country and folk oriented. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, so you might enjoy that one. That's a good one. That's cool. Uh, and, it's, and it's a great story too. Um, well, and well, that's one thing we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, but there are plenty of musicals that are just totally nonsensical from a narrative perspective. You're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that's true. I I don't typically go for that kind of stuff where it's just, you know, if it's like total nonsense, um, and there's just like, I don't know, just an excuse to put these songs together. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I I know I just ran off a bunch of musicals, but there's two more that I got to mention. Sure, go <laughs> ahead. I just go thought, ahead, please, yeah. And that is um, the Bob Fosse duo of uh cabaret in chicago mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. love both of those yeah those are yeah um but anyway um but yeah and it's and it's interesting to think about the the way that musicals have like developed and changed over time because back in the 40s and 50s and maybe into the 60s and maybe the 70s a little bit um, there were a lot of hit songs that came from musicals and yeah, yeah, yeah. and they kind of became standards uh, for the pop singers of of the day. Um, and that doesn't and that doesn't really happen anymore. I, I think, yeah, with the exception of Hamilton and even that, like it's not like people were, uh, you know, listening to Hamilton on the radio. It just was part of the yeah, zeitgeist. Like, but like, right. I think what you're saying is like, oh, well, like the new ballad and whatever Rogers and Hammerstein musical came out in a given year would become like a top 30 hit on the radio, which is kind of something I think would be really it would take a lot. It would take a lot for something like that to happen today, you know. Right, right. And, um, you know. We only have so much time to 
to prepare for these things. But it was kind of interesting to see, like, when exactly that stopped. Mm -hmm. I'm like, did it stop with, like, the musical Hair? Yeah. Because uh, there, there, were, there were songs from Hair, uh, you know, The Age of Aquarius. That was on... That was on the radio. Like, yeah, yeah. if you're li if you're listening to some sort of like oldies station, you might be able to catch it today. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, yeah, now it seems like things happen in reverse, like the way that they, the way that people create musicals around a set of already well-known songs. Instead no, of having I, like, yeah. instead of having musicals, you know, create songs that become well known to the general public. Sure, I don't know. Sure, yeah. Well, one 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 or two more things I just want to mention about this. What I think is also appealing to me, at least, is uh, a lot of of pieces in musicals can be excerpted and put into different treatments. So I'm thinking like. Definitely choral arrangements, definitely acapella arrangements, and mm. I am a sucker for a good one of those. Like, mm, sign yeah. me up. I'm I'm all about those. And um, you know, here's here's a trivia question for for you. I think uh, <laughs> you remember the musical we saw when, when you lost me in New York for about ten minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, of course <laughs> I do. Of course I do. Yeah, we couldn't let that go by. Uh, it's, so kind of like. The summary version of that is that uh, uh, me and my best friend and my girlfriend, you know, we took my best friend's sister and Joey, like the five of us went to the city to see a musical, which was Jekyll and Hyde. That's right. And uh, I don't know, we we're, we're walking through the city, we're making our way to the theater and uh, we crossed the street and we're just like, uh, where's Joe and the other one? <laughs> I, went, I I still don't know how that happened. I don't know either. I think I was probably just distracted and uh, not paying attention. Because I would say <laughs> the irony of that story is if we went to the city today, you would be the one that we would lose. <laughs> you wouldn't lose me. I mean, you know. Nah. Well, now we I have an iPhone now. You. <laughs> but I remember, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, what should we do? And my friend was like, uh, uh, look for them. I was like, well, should we call our parents? And she was, she was like, why? What are they going to do? Oh, so, but we found it and we still made the curtain. So we, we did make the way. curtain. Yep. That's that's mm -hmm. the important thing. Yeah. Uh, At any rate. So what do you got uh, next for us on your list? So the next thing I want to talk about is another genre of music where I if it comes on, I have to listen to it. But again, I never really got into learning about the different artists and uh, and all of that. And that genre of music is salsa. Mm -hmm. And I actually do harbor a small amount of guilt uh, when admitting to liking salsa because, you know, I'm a white dude and I and you know I don't want to seem like a poser mm -hmm. because I know how important this music is to you know the Latin Amer American diaspora you know both around you know where we live and all over the world mm -hmm. you know uh it, it's it's very much you know 
a, a, a part of their a part of their identity. Um, but you know, uh, music is music, and if and if it touches you, then and makes you feel good, then I, I don't see any any problem with that. It's just so infectious, mm-hmm. and it's just got such great rhythms and instrumentation that I don't know I, I I can't I can't help but love it. You know, it's the horns, it's the syncopated rhythms, the yeah, yeah. the different textures from the percussion, vocal harmonies. It, it's it's an attractive combination of things that checks a lot of a lot of boxes for me. Um I don't know, do you have any experience with with salsa at all? I'm or by no means am I an excerpt, but I'm like you. When it comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah, now yeah. we got something going. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I knew more about it. And, and, and you know, it's it's easy to wish you knew more about something like that. Because it's like, oh, we'll just spend some time with it and learn more about it. So maybe that's my homework assignment for myself. Um, but I agree with you, the rhythm. And it's actually salsa is defined by that, like, three plus two rhythm or two plus three, depending on, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the song. And it's a clave rhythm, which is, you know, steeped in culture and heritage. And, you know, I think with with the novice listener, you wouldn't really necessarily be able to identify it, but you'd be like, oh, I, I, I know that rhythm. I know how it feels. And, you know, because you've danced to it, right? And... Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I identify salsa, right? Is based on that really prominent uh, rhythmic pattern. Uh, but you know the other elements. You, you know, you sent me some Ray Barreto, and I was listening to it in my car, and I'm like, my car has you know perfectly nice speaker system, but I was like, whoa, it sounds like the horns are coming from everywhere. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like first it was like in the front left, then it was in the in the front right, and it, it was pretty fun and cool to listen to. Um, yeah, but but I'm with you, and you know, I, you know, I think your comment about like oh well, you know, I don't want to be seen as like appropriating somebody else's like culture and heritage. And my my response to that is just to like if you're doing it, you know, out of love and respect, and you're, you know, just trying to. Uh, you know, appreciate it for what it is. I think it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. You know, you talked a little bit about the the rhythm, and I and I know exactly what what you're talking about. Well, one thing I found interesting is that it's like it it it's almost like the Latin American version of like big band music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you've got this huge. You know, you've got this huge group of people, you know, and all these different sections of musicians. Um, but there's no uh, there's no drum set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like percussion is so important, but there's but there's no. There's no drum set that, the way that we would think of a think of a drum set. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. and that's something that's very much a characteristic of salsa, and one of the things that definitely makes it interesting to me is like all those different 
textures from the from the claves, like you said, and the bongos and the congas and the and the the guiro, which is the 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 dried out gourd that they cut grooves into and use like a like a metal comb or a stick to yeah yeah you, you kind of rake it you know, to make the sound right, yeah, right. yeah um but yeah I, I i i love all that stuff it's it's just so it's just so interesting yeah um yeah and like i think that's one where it's like sure you can dance to it but like you can also just sit and like listen to it and it's it's fun either way right right you know absolutely all right. What what's your next category here, Joe? So my next last category, like I, I certainly don't feel guilty about any of my choices, but I definitely don't feel guilty about this one. And this is probably one of the main uh I, I think this is gonna connect with a lot of people, but let's just call this category British British invasion. And it's essentially, you know, we've done a, a, a fair amount of British artists on this show. Um it's just an excuse to talk about three people that I want to talk about, and they decided to be British. So there you go. Okay, there you go. Um, and that's Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, and Adele. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think Harry Styles is one that was probably the the one that it took me the longest time to kind of come around on him. But he does have some pretty excellent uh, music that he's created, um, and. From what I can discern, people really love seeing him perform live. It seems like that would be a a fun show. Um, Ed Sheeran, somebody who I've always liked. I thought he's, you know, a pretty, you know, incredible songwriter um, beyond just being a, a pretty great musician. And his stuff isn't terribly complicated, but it all sort of works well together. Um, and there's any number of songs that I could mention that, you know, really are are a whole lot of fun to listen to. And then this last artist, I guess we could have put her in top pop divas too, but Adele is just like, just a gift that keeps on giving. And <laughs> I remember somebody said, you know, I've, it was, oh, I don't know, it's probably at this point, 10, 12 years ago. And somebody's like, there's this artist Adele from, from the UK who's coming here. She's awesome. People are like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> um, and she was, I mean, nobody's an overnight success, but it was one of those things where, like, she, when she blew up, she really blew up, and it was, like, everywhere um, with that first album, 19. Um, so do you have any thoughts about any of those three artists? I have a feeling you might. Well, I I was I was waiting for you for the connection you were you were going to make, and, and I kind of just love how in this Guilty Pleasures show you're just like, Nope, this is just a self-indulgent moment. <laughs> they just all happen to be British, and uh, I'm gonna put the put them in together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about all about all three of them. Um, I love Ed Sheeran's early stuff in particular. You know, like mm-hmm. that song "A Team" and "Don't." Mm-hmm. And um, actually, my favorite song by him is a song called. Uh, I see fire that he did for the end credits for the second Hobbit movie, The Desolation of Smaug. Oh, I never uh, saw that one. <laughs> don't bother. Oh, but okay. <laughs> there's, there's, that was the only good thing uh, to to come out of that movie. But yeah. uh, he just writes like this this brilliant song with them, all these 
like cool harmonies and stuff and um you know where and, and this is his talent as a songwriter too is that he manages to like capture the mood of that movie and like the threat from the dragon and all that that stuff in this one song and he does it in a very succinct way where you know exactly what he's talking about um unlike those three and a half hour movies <laughs> unlike the three and a half unlike the three three and a half hour movies that they made from a 280 page book yeah. um but um that aside like you should listen to that one yeah okay. um and um yeah harry styles was one that really surprised me when i started to like his music uh i he was on snl a couple years ago and i was like okay yeah whatever this guy from one direction mm -hmm. you know you expect a certain thing and then i was like oh this is way more interesting than i than i thought it would be yeah um yeah. and there's a few, there's a handful of songs i like from his from his uh his second album uh fine line Mm -hmm. is the one that kind of put him on the map. Um, Adele is great. Um, no notes. <laughs> no notes. Adele's just great. No, she's a great singer. Um, I, you know, uh, the songs I'm attracted to most from her are a couple that aren't quite as overplayed uh, on the radio. Like I don't think they're. I don't think they're necessarily better, but they're. But you don't hear them as often and mm -hmm. that's her her first single chasing pavements yeah yeah in that yeah. first album and also the uh hometown glory i mm. uh, love that song um, yeah that, song. that that's I, that might be one of my favorites as well what's interesting um, to me about her voice specifically is like and and i think she did run into like a little bit of vocal trouble at one point but mm -hmm. she i've heard her sing live not live in person but like live in concerts and stuff and clips and she sounds pretty good still and her voice is one i just never have been able to figure out like don't get me wrong it's it's amazing i'm just like wow how is that even happening and i usually can figure out most people even female singers that one is a little bit of a puzzle to me um but it's still amazing, so who cares? You just mean the the manner in which she's producing. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. And I think it is like, I, this is something I've said before on the show, but, but not in a while, so I'll say it again. But I think some of the most uh, iconic singers that we've, you know, talked about on this show or, you know, certainly know about through our listening uh, adventures is that like they stay so true to what their voice should be and they don't let anybody mess it up along the way right. and I feel like she totally exemplifies that where it's just like oh yeah you sound like Adele I guess other people can try to like imitate you but it's not like that is you that is your authentic voice um, right and and she she possesses that um, that that uniqueness as well as hitting all the notes, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Because um, some people have a really unique voice, but it's not as it's not as capable in terms of like range or whatever. Mm -hmm. But she has both of those things, which makes it great. Yeah, yeah. Um, since since we're talking about this quasi new British invasion, mm -hmm. you bringing up. Uh, British artists who 
basically came up in like the 2010s or or close to it. Sure, sure. I, you made me think of one mm-hmm. that that I don't think people have heard from for a while, but I definitely like, and that is Ellie Golding. Oh, uh, sure. Golding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like um. I actually think that she and Ed Sheeran have a little thing at some uh, point, and then yeah. there might be some bitterness there um, <laughs> in some of his songs. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed her. Her She was more of like um, pop, but also kind of like electronic mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of stuff. Sure, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I like... I, I like the warmth of her voice, and it's got a little little raspiness to it that I think is cool. And um, I don't know. I think she, like, she was her star was on the rise, and then she had the the big uh, the big single from the Fifty Shades of Grey um, movie. Like her song was featured, and then and I don't know what happened to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny how some of those things happen, and. I mean, you would say, well, just like create a create a great new album, and then you'll people will pay attention to you again. But that's one easier said than done, too. Uh, just the way that we consume music now, I don't know if that would totally make a difference because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of these singers, sure, they're making new music, but it's really like at a certain point, it just becomes so much about like the touring and putting on like these epic like shows that are going to bring people to the arena because like that's how they make all their money now which you know right get that paper like nobody's faulting you at all and if you can put on a great show do so please right you know um but yeah it's kind of a funny thing what happens when folks kind of fade in and out and like you know it's it's when you're not in the mood to create new stuff like it's just not going to happen so yeah yeah yeah. Plus, I mean, these, you know, these people have lives outside of their, uh, you know, whatever music they're, they're making in their, in their careers. So, um, you know, and, and if that, uh, and if that music career, you know, affords you some flexibility to focus on your family or, uh, just whatever, take a break, yeah. then, you know, go for it. Sure, sure. All right. Well, I think we've done it, right? I think we hit all of our topics for... I believe we have. ...our episode this evening. So I think, again, I just want to say this for the 800th time. Don't (laughs) feel guilty about anything you listen to. Like, please (laughs) have fun and get you in whatever mood you need to go to. Um... But I thought this was a fun little exercise for us to do and uh, talk about some stuff that, you know, probably doesn't warn us going into like a full on deep dive. But maybe we got some ideas for future episodes from our conversation tonight. But definitely people that we think about or listen to or even talk talk off off air, off mic, as as they say, Uh, and thought this would be a fun way to kind of touch on a lot of those. So, yeah, absolutely. And. You know, in prepping for this, I was like, well, what is like the standard definition of a guilty pleasure? Mm-hmm. And it's basically, you know, defined as something like in this case, music, an activity that 
that you enjoy despite understanding that it's not held in high regard by mm -hmm. your peers. Sure, sure. And the key phrase there is like not held in high regard, but by whom? Right. According to whose standards? I mean, that's all that's all pretty relative, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we all have our our identities and the groups that we belong to and stuff like that. And and music is a part of of how that's defined. And I think we feel guilty sometimes because we're 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 going against type, like our own type. Sure, sure. And um you know there there's there's no reason to uh you know to feel bad about that. I think people contain multitudes and you better you know, embrace that. Sure. You know, you're better off embracing that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's my last two cents on <laughs> on the topic. <laughs> I concur. I concur. So tell. So I think we're gonna. Uh, we might have a little hiatus coming up, but it is gonna be a surprise uh, episode for our listeners the next time we're together. Um, but in the meantime. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode and all the previous ones. And um, we're happy to have you with us. And uh, you'll be hearing from us again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you follow our Instagram. We've, we've got some things going on uh, that we need to uh, prep for and, and some things going, in our, going on in our lives. But um, you know, make sure you follow us so you can see what's going on. And we appreciate you. Take care, everyone. Brothers in Song is written and produced by Joseph Collin and Daniel Collin, and edited by Daniel Collin. To keep up with the latest news, follow us on Instagram at Brothers in Song. Until next time, listen to some new music. You just may surprise yourself. <laughs>